the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I'm your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show, including Kingdom of Nye Radio and Revolution Radio. If you want to take a listen to our archives, they are free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR vault. Join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. Pick up a book at We Read the Night. And Captain Shirk has the SOR Newswire up and ready for you. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by donating to Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It's the final Monday of the month, which means, once again, it's time for our favorite badass cryptid hunter, Butch Witkowski and Strange Days. Butch, who's only happy when he's cranky, is back in the field and investigating some of the strangest occurrences that people are reporting to his UFO cop website. Bigfoot, dogman, bipedal canines, UFOs, ghosts, you name it, Butch and his team are on it. Then at the bottom of hour number three, I will bring you the SOR Newswire, brought to you by Paranoia Magazine. Mr. Butch Witkowski, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm hoping you're a little bit more cranky than you were last time you were on the show, because I know when you're cranky, we get some good, good, good listenership around here, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm cranky. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You know, I got to tell you something. I'm going to, because I always let my listeners know when something weird or strange happens to me. I think I got taken last night. And... <sighs> It was kind of weird. My childhood best friend, like through last elementary school and high school, was there. My dad was there. A former hockey player that I coached like 21 years ago was there. Samantha Mowat, who has been on this show numerous times, was there. It was so strange, man. So strange. What I remember about the this, and I'm going to call it a dream, okay? I'm going to call it a dream, and for those who don't know me very well, Butch, I don't remember my dreams. I can't tell you what I dreamt the night before last. Can't tell you what I dreamt last week. Can't, I only seem to remember when strange things happen. And that's how I usually know. So last night, the vision I was given, or the dream, was I was in the, at this farmhouse. And... There was a two-lane road right in front of the house, a lake, and then some mountains across the lake. Typical British Columbia-type scenery. Mm -hmm. And there was a Canadian F-18 flying by. And I'm a big fan of those. Very, very big fan. Well, this F-18 flies by and disappears. And then I said to my buddy, oh, here comes another one. Except it wasn't an F-18. It was a shiny disc. That flew back and forth, and then finally it got really close. And it kind of turned on its side so we could see the undercarriage. And it looked on the undercarriage, it had a big blue stingray painted on the bottom of it. Which is weird because I told Samantha Moat about this this morning when I woke up. I was so kind of wired by it. I texted her. 
And she's like, that's strange because I've been dreaming of stingrays lately. And she was in my dream. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So was it taken? I don't know. What are your thoughts? uh, From what you just said, yeah, 99% chance, yes. Um, The, what I call telepathic abductions, where one person's, uh, has an abduction sequence that they go through, whether they're awake or asleep, it really doesn't matter. But somebody in that sequence, like it could be a brother or uncle, a friend, uh, an old relative, something like that. And then they contact that person to tell them and they knew all about it. It's like they were there. Well, now, the funny part, the funny part about it common. was, you know, just to cut you off there for a second, when I, I ended up calling Samantha this morning, and she's and before I I had said much to her, she had said that she felt like she had been taken this morning too because she recognized the symptoms. So for you saying that, it, it makes a lot of sense. But it is very rare. Those are very rare occurrences. You know, most most deductions, and and I'm just saying the ones that I've investigated. You know, they're after the fact. So you know, it might be. A month might be a year, might be 30 years before they remember what happened. But the the type that you're discuss, discussing with where you dreamt something and somebody else had the same encounter, uh, I would say that there's a 99.9% chance that both were taken at the same time. Could very well be. It was mm-hmm. weird, though, seeing my dad there. Because, and, and when I talked to Samantha a little bit more, she goes, are you sure it was your dad or, or was it some sort of hologram that maybe the aliens were projecting over themselves so you felt a little bit more comfortable? I said, I have no clue. And we just turned the woo factor up by about 10 with that statement right there. Hmm. Well... You've had other experiences, right? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. I'm a little blown away. Well, multi-experiencers, I mean, they're they're a lot more common than people think. You know, people just don't have one abduction scenario, and then it goes away, and then they never have another one. It's just like, you know, people that see UFOs in the sky, I mean, now I'm not talking about planes or flying buses or birds. I'm talking about real UFOs, something that's very high in the sky, zigzagging across the sky, very short period of time, very fast. If they see one, whether they're alone or with somebody else, they are often the same people that would see them again, not in the same place or same time, but throughout their life, they'll see them. Now, some people report that, multi-sightings. Some people have that one sighting and then they just they just drive it out of their head. They could have one land on the front porch. They wouldn't tell you about it. But uh, there are so many weird things going on right now that it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it, UFO sightings, uh, creatures of all friggin' types flying, crawling, walking, uh, bipedals. Uh, I, I had a guy, uh, it wasn't funny until the guy actually revealed what he was talking about, but I had a guy that, 
emailed me and wanted to talk about a bipedal canine. So I gave him my email address. I mean, I gave him my phone number. He, he gave me a call. We were talking. He's going through this 30, 40-minute oration of, you know, what he saw and what it looked like and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, this guy was like an encyclopedia of, of, of bipedals, werewolves, whatever you want to call them. And then he hits me with this. Now, Butch, he said, honestly, could you honestly tell me that Lon Chaney is not a werewolf? I about fell off my friggin' chair. The guy was Just talking about Lon Chaney. He was thinking Lon Chaney was real. And hmm. I'm going like, oh, my God. But there are a lot of weird things going on, weird sightings. Um, uh, there was just a... Um, a sighting in uh, uh, be northern Pennsylvania, north northeastern Pennsylvania, of uh, a very large um, creature of some type. Uh, that was the way it was described: eight to ten foot tall, very hairy, very muscular. Uh, but the guy only got a side shot of it, and he tried to get a picture, but it just like walked into a bunch of trees. There was no way he could differentiate between the trees and what he was shooting on the camera. And that's not unusual right now. I mean, the, the Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania are up. UFO sightings in Pennsylvania are up. Um, paranormal things in Pennsylvania are up. I mean, it's just like, you know, I, recovering from what I went through, I, I haven't been sitting at the desk or in the library for um, a number of weeks, you know, 18 weeks. So um, everything was piling up, and I started going through and it's getting back into the swing of things. And I'm like, wow. So I've been pretty much plastered in those two places, my office or either in the library looking at reports. And, I mean, things like reptilians, lizard men, um, Bigfoot, uh, flying creatures, well, the ones in Illinois, they're all over the place. Um, people seeing strange lights in the woods, strange lights in, um, you know, places where there shouldn't be any lights. And uh, I think the one that, uh, and it just puzzles me to this day, but there are, there are legitimate reports where, you know, there's a very bright light and then there is no, um, there's nothing there. And all of a sudden there's a Bigfoot or there's a bright flash of light in the woods, either white or blue. And then the Bigfoot disappears. Now, if it was only one or two or ten reports, you know, it wouldn't be a whole lot to think about. But there are getting to be over a hundred of those reports around, and just not around uh, around the country. I mean, that's just not here in Pennsylvania. West Coast, East Coast, Central Pennsylvania, uh, Central uh, United States, Texas. And I, I, you know, first thing everybody says comes to mind right away is, of course, interdimensional. But, you know... Defining interdimensional is like, that's kind of hard to do. Unless it's like beam me up Scotty or open a door, close a door, which I think is probably closer to interdimensional than anything. No a kidding. door opens, a door, door closes. Butch, I wanted to get into a couple of topics with you uh, tonight. And sure. one revolves around our thought of the Dave, where we'll read the audience responses near the end of the show on Twitter and on Facebook. And the other revolves around science versus the experience, that this is a debate that a good friend of this show, William Pullen, and I have been discussing recently. And, and even though we agree to disagree, 
I wrote a blog on it this past weekend. So I'll hit you up with the thought of the Dave today because I think it is kind of important uh, as per our conversation because I was actually thinking about you when I created this. And really it's about proving the existence of creatures like Dogman or Bigfoot. What are we missing? What are we missing? What details? Outside of a body, because the body is the easy one. Mm-hmm. Well, there are, there's a lot of things missing. I mean, you know, we have no hair. We have no DNA. We have no burial spots. We have no body, of course. We have no no uh, uh, information on um, do they migrate, um, uh, the, the, the number, how many there are. Um, I heard a guy one time tell me there's like millions of them. I'm like, I don't think there's millions of them, but you know, what, what, what part of the government does it play in, you know, uh, where, you know, the, the, you know, the stories where there's either a forest fire and the military comes and hauls one out or, or somebody, somebody finds one wounded or something like that. And of course the military comes in. There's just so many things that come into play with Bigfoot. But when you look at, um, you know, the, the science versus reality, you know, scientifically, we need a lot of things to prove that it exists. And in reality, I mean, you know, there are thousands of reports every year of Bigfoot sightings. And there, I mean, all over Canada, all over the United States, uh, other countries, um, uh, there was just a Yeti sighting uh, two weeks ago. And uh, in the Himalayas, and there hasn't been one seen in the Himalayas for like 35, 40 years. So I, I just think that there's something out there. We all know that. It's just like we all knew there was something in the sky. Now we've seen what's in the sky. We've gotten photographs, video, and all that stuff. Um, so we know that's there. That's a real deal. But um, as far as bipedals and Bigfoot, I really think that the only way we're going to ever get any real for good information is going to be, um, I guess that would be scientific, where we're using thermal imaging cameras or uh, different types of tracking devices. Uh, I, it's, do you believe in them? Yeah, you got to believe in something, you know, it's just not, you just can't blow off all these reports. That'd be like calling every one of those people a liar. And, you know, well, granted, there's some of the hoaxers out there, but they usually get caught. But it's it's very strange. Um, it's like last year at this time, there was pretty much nothing going on. And I mean really nothing. And it just seems like in the last four and a half, five months, it's just pure craziness. I mean, uh, Bigfoot's crossing roads, uh, you know, bipedals in campgrounds, uh, UFOs of all shapes and sizes, triangles, tubes. It's crazy. And it's just, um, I don't know. I, Do I you, you know, I, I, the reality, look, the reality is there's something out, you know, that's, that's a fact, but, you know, science, and, you know, of course, scientists, they don't want to mess with it that, at, at all. You know, they don't want to lose their grants. You know, they start talking about Bigfoot, and their grant just went out the window. And they don't want to, you know, look like a fool. But, 
thank God there's a lot of us out here that want to look like a fool. Well, you know what? I, I thought about this long and hard, Butch, because the easy answer is that we need a body. We need a body yes. in order to to confirm or deny the existence of this creature. We can deny all we want. The skeptics can deny that any of this is happening. Right. And, and I still think it's kind of funny because the majority of the skeptics of this have never stepped foot in a forest before. Yeah. Or mountain range or anything mm-hmm. like that, which I find very curious. But w- seriously, though, as we move forward here, are we getting closer to the point where we could find that body if it even exists? I think if technology keeps going, I think so, yes. And I'll tell you what now, uh, the use of drones, okay, which were pretty much useless. I mean, we have one, but. You know, you're flying over a bunch of trees. You don't see the ground. You just see the treetops. But now that you have uh, the drones that have, you know, the uh, thermal imaging, they and they can see through those trees, and and uh, light radar, which you know, just you can take those trees away and look at the ground. I mean, I, I think the more that developed, and it's it's moving along pretty quickly, that that's going to help. It, it, hey, even if we find a trail in the middle of nowhere, you know, who put that trail there? And then when you, you know, send somebody in there to look or, or you get the drone down far enough to look, or you can blow up the photographs and you're seeing, you know, 15 inch footprints. Now you got something to, you know, trail to look on. There have been more recordings lately, uh, especially up in the Sierras of, of howling and screaming. That is definitely not wolves or coyotes or anything like that. Mountain lion. So I know they've been just sent out to get verified. Um, but some of these things, is, they're, they'll stand your hair up and you're, you know, while you're sitting in your chair and going like, wow. Well, you know, it was funny because recently, about a month ago, there was a tape released out of northern Ontario of a creature hooting and, howl- and howling. And mm-hmm. looking at a lot of the responses from people, you could see everything. It was owls. It was deer. It was rabbits. It was, it was cougars. It was everything. And I'm looking at all these people, and I actually went into about 14 or 15 profiles just to see, you know, because mm-hmm. my curiosity works that way. And I don't think that out of those 15, 16 profiles I looked for, I don't think half of them had ever seen dirt in their lives because they look like they come from the concrete jungle. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that out of the remainder of the half that they've actually been in the wilderness trying to look for any type of animal, whether it's deer or or you know quail or who knows, even even uh, pigs or whatever it may be. Right? I don't think they they know how to hike in a forest or or be in the no. wilderness. And, no. and when you when you when you have people shooting it down who have no clue. That's where I think it gets a little ridiculous. Well, yeah, you got people that post stuff, and they, you know they'll post a video on YouTube or something like that. Here's Bigfoot running through the woods, and you're looking at a deer. You know, and then uh, well, it's like you just said, ninety nine percent of these people, the closest they ever got to the woods, was walking in the local city park. 
You know, they never saw a bear stand up. A lot of people don't even believe a bear can stand up. A bear can stand up and walk on its hind legs. And, you know, um, every bit of moss they see hanging from a tree 100 yards out is Bigfoot standing there. Uh, every little noise they hear, in, in, you know, out in the woods is, is a Bigfoot knock or a Bigfoot howl. I'm thinking to myself, do these people ever hear about a woodpecker? <laughs> uh, but it, it's going to be a capture of some type. It's either going to be thermal imaging or infrared and... I, I really believe it's going to be either a drone or um, a camera trap, you know, where there are multiple thermal imaging cameras set up. And once you have that, you know, now you, have, you, can, you can see exactly what you're dealing with right there. I mean, that'll, that'll be proof. But, you know, a digital photograph or video or, or um, you know, camera phone, that, that's not going to prove a thing. But it's just, it's getting weird out there, brother. I'll tell you that. It's getting weird. We only people have about two stuff minutes. coming out of swamps. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, people are seeing, reporting, seeing creatures of all types coming out of swamps in Louisiana and Mississippi. Uh, they're shooting at them and they're disappearing or they, you know, they pop up in a tree somewhere staring down at them. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's just really nuts right now. And um, you would think, and it usually is in the wintertime, UFO reports go up because you have clear skies, but all the stuff in the, in, the, in the woods, nobody's out walking around the woods when it's 20 degrees outside. Well, maybe you would be. But um, it's I will just be later that, this that week. What's that? I will be later this week. <laughs> well, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. Plus, we have hunting season down here now, so nobody wants to walk out there and get shot. I don't care what color of clothing you're wearing. Uh, what they just shoot? They shot three in Wisconsin the other day. Three guys got shot while they were hunting. But um, it's, it, I think technology is going to be the only way. And, and, you know, I thought that way for a long time. That's why, you know, we invested a lot of money and a lot of technology. But um, I... I I just don't see it happening where we're just somebody's just going to be walking along and find a body. And, um, you know, one guy said one time when I was listening to him on a show and he said, look, he said, look at the elephant graveyards. He said, they never found half of those. And most of them were found by mistake. And that's true. So if we're going to find, you know, you always have the people argue, well, with all the highways and byways and roads we have in this country, why doesn't one get hit by a truck? Well, you know, I'm 72 years old. I never got hit by a truck. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? Absolutely. My friend, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Butch Witkowski's Strange Days happens the final Monday of every month. More Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Dogman, Bipedal Canine Talk coming up right after this. Hey, space travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you'd know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. 
Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. From the heartlands of Canada to beards around the world, we know how to take care of you. Fill your follicles with the Mighty Moose Beard Oil. All our oils and bombs are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard. And hey, use the promo code SOR2019 and get your Mighty Moose Beard Oil today. You can check us out on our website, MightyMooseBeard.com. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencers Support Association. This is Ryan Stacy, head of the Research Association, TESSA. Soon on the Spaced Out Radio website, you'll be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help Spaced Out Radio listeners today. Move over, brother! And let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in 
to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hey, everybody. The SOR Space Travelers is open. For just 5 bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docu-series featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Welcome back to the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Great to have you with us. Reminder that if you've missed portions of this show or others, you can head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. You can rock out to Bumblefoot. You can do a little shopping at the SOR vault since it's almost Black Friday. And, oh, I look forward to those videos. Oh, I look forward to this time every year. Every year. Reminds me of what hockey used to be. Black Friday. The new NHL. Anyways, moving on, you can get a new book at We Read the Night. Sign up for the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month and read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. The final Monday of the month, we bring in Butch Witkowski from UF4Cop.com. He's based out of Pennsylvania, and we're talking all things cryptid and nasty tonight. Butch, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> it only means so much more now, doesn't it? Sure does. <laughs> 
You got you got that right. So for people who don't know, uh, earlier this spring, Butch had a massive heart attack, and he got real cranky over that. And now he's cranky back on the radio because that's where we like him. So I'm I'm happy you're back, my friend. I, I absolutely love you. Hmm. What kind of love are we talking about here, bud? Well, you never know. You never know. I'll leave oh. that to your imagination. However, oh, however, <laughs> right before the break, we were talking about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Dogman, and all these creatures. And, yeah. you know, the search to try and and bring them together. Butch, do you think that the reason why we haven't found a body yet is because we haven't investigated the supernatural side very much when it comes to this. Did you get that, Butch? No, I kind of lost it there for a second. Uh, uh, okay, so my question to you was, do you think that maybe we haven't found a body was because we haven't really delved too heavily into the supernatural side? Oh, I'm sure of that. I mean, there's there's so many things that you know, we think we know, but we all don't really know a lot of things. Um, you know, I was skeptical about the paranormal until I had a couple experiences um, uh, talking with abductees, um, things I saw in the sky. I mean, it's just there's so many, so many things that we don't know. But, you know, of course, if you're going to write a book, you're going to know it all. But uh, I just think that um, keeping an open mind and reading everything you can, look at everything. I mean, even though it may sound squirrely or, you know, you go like, wow, this is nuts. Hey, take it, write it, put it in your head, do something with it. But, uh, you know, it's just like when we investigate, when we're out in the field, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you go out, you look for footprints and you look for this well, yeah, that's true, but what we look for mostly is things that shouldn't be there. And that's just a good way of doing investigations. Look for stuff that doesn't belong there and um, or, or it's out of place and then take it from there. But, um, yeah, I would agree with that statement wholeheartedly because there is so much that we don't know. I mean, I mean even though abduction is... Um, there have been hundreds and hundreds and thousands of them over the years. What do we really know about abductions? Not a whole lot. I mean, you know, the stories are pretty much all the same. You know, uh, creatures are seen uh, at the edge of the bed or they wake up in uh, another place or missing time. Um, uh, They get lost, but then they, they find themselves in another city or a town there's just so much to it anymore. Um, and, and the more that you you sit and think about it, and I had a lot of time to sit and think about it, believe me, um, there's just so many things that I think can be done. But to do it, it's going to cost a small fortune. I mean, uh, just like LADAR, where you can, you know, fly a drone over a, an area and then go back to your computer and remove the trees. You know what I mean? You can you can see the trails. You can see water that you didn't even know existed there. You can see all these things. And um, so I guess it's coming down to now electronic tracking where, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to look 
to see if there is a migration trail. Why do we see them at one part, of, like especially bipedals? We'll start. We'll start getting reports like that. Well, they ended in around October, which they did before, and they'll pick up again in like April, May, June. You know, throughout the summer. But then you got to think about well, why is that? Well, you know, in the in the winter time, it's all open. You can see through the woods, so you don't really ever see anything. But the um, after the after the fall, you know, after the tree, leaves are off the trees, you know, it comes. You know, you don't see anything. You just see a lot of trees, empty bare spots, this, that, and the other thing. But come summer and spring, when everything starts greening up again, then then we have you know the the reports of them walking out of the walking out of the woods, or or walking into the woods, or crossing a road, or you know, uh, in farmland and high in high corn or grass. And so, you know, I think they're a lot smarter than we give them. You know. Um, you know, Bigfoot. What's he? The uh, he's the reigning champ, hide and seek. <laughs> Nobody's ever, never has ever beat him at that. But uh, I see a lot of stuff picking up in your area, up and around your area, uh, with sightings reports, and that's uh, not only Bigfoot but UFOs, Washington State, Oregon. And uh, especially in the Sierras right now, they're recording all kind of stuff down and through there. And um, it's, it, it's some of the stuff you're listening to, some of the sounds that are recorded, you know, it's crazy. I mean, that just the sounds alone make you want to go hide under the truck. But it's um, it's been different this year for some reason. I, I just can't put my finger on it. Everything is just picking up and you know when you're talking about uh paranormal or supernatural activity i mean it's all connected i mean bigfoot and creatures uh ufos uh, everything it's all connected it's all paranormal in my in my opinion that's in my my mind and i've always felt like that. i really thought there's there's been a connection somewhere um i'm not quite at that point where i think that um Bigfoot is actually a UFO alien's pet, but I guess it could be. So, um, no, you don't, there's so much that we know, but then again, when you really sit and think about it, there's so much we have no clue about. And, um, you know, has anybody ever reported seeing a family of Bigfoot? No. Um, has everybody ever seen a a, uh, a, a, a a baby Bigfoot, a child, you know, a, a young Bigfoot? No. They always see the male, well, with the exception of Patty. Uh, they always see the big hulking male. Uh, are there old ones? You know, if there are old ones, they sure as hell can't hunt like they did when they were young, so who's taking care of them? Are there family groups? Um, where do they hide? Do they even need shelter? Don't even know that. I mean, a lot of our research that we're we're gearing up for now is uh, we're going to be doing going into a lot of caves in the area of where we've had sightings to see if we can find anything in there. But you know, that's 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 another ball game altogether because you know you got to be careful in these caves. Some of these caves are flooded. Um, some are not too sturdy. Um, but. 
you just got to go with what your thoughts are. I mean, do whatever you can come up with. Think, you know, think what would, you know, you try to sit there. And we were doing that one time while we were out on one of our excursions. We were all trying to sit there thinking, if I was a Bigfoot, where would I go? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, yes, we should do uh, more uh, studies into the supernatural and the paranormal. Um, look, there have been paranormal investigations where there are uh, UFOs flying overhead. So what's the connection there? Uh, you've had UFO sightings where there have been Bigfoot sightings in the same area at the same time. Um, so are they connected? Most likely, but now you got to figure out how to make that connection, and that could be a little tough. But what if Bigfoot doesn't have the numbers, and that's why it's easy for this creature to hide? Yeah, well, it's the same thing with bipedals. We don't know what the numbers are. We never had any simultaneous uh, sightings. They've always been singular. Um now they all the, the thing that bugs me the most with our sightings is that they stay within that lichen loop area that we have mapped out, which is 155 miles by by 88 miles wide, and we never had a report outside of there. Every report has been inside that loop. So now, you know, we have one one of our guys is studying to see what is inside that loop that maybe shouldn't be there. Well, we've come up with an old nuclear plant. We've come up with a bunch of mines, a bunch of caves, a bunch of abandoned uh, towns. But, you know, if even if we did this full-time where we were out every day driving, you know, and going to these places, it would be years and years and years until we came up with an answer, if we ever found an answer. Uh, I think but most it, of this... But, is, it still, but it still comes down to, Butch, what, what do we need for that answer? I mean, there has been DNA collected that has come back as an unknown species of origin. There has been mm-hmm. hair samples. There has been footprints, handprints. There mm-hmm. has, you know, we don't know if it's if it's a scat from a, a Sasquatch or or just a malnourished or a sickened animal. We don't know, right? So, and you can't take this stuff to you can't take this stuff to a lab. I mean, there are very few places where you can take uh, samples of anything. Um, you know, when people start talking about DNA, I first thing I want to know is where'd you get the control subject? You know, yeah, you say you got DNA, but where's the control subject? What what are you, what are you trying to compare it to? Uh, look, they just found that uh, a monkey over in Taiwan or Vietnam or something like that that they thought has been in non-existence for, you know, 30,000 years or something. Um, so, uh, yeah, that would be an unknown whatever. Uh, these flying things out in Illinois, what are they? Uh, you know, they could be uh, they could be cranes. They could be anything. I mean, there are big birds out there. But I don't know. I just... I think it's going to be something really dumb. Somebody's going to fall over a body or um, somebody's going to actually capture it on thermal imaging. I mean, that's what we're hoping to do. Um, I, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, it gives you a headache when you start thinking about it after a while. 
because there are so many things you'd like to do, and then there are so many things that just you can't do it. It's too restrictive money-wise. I mean, you know, like uh, um, having it putting up a tower in your research area and having a you know twenty-four-seven scan going with thermal infrared and, and video. I, I, you know, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, but. You know, like I said before, I had an old researcher tell me one time, he said, if you're looking, you just find the spot where you have the most reports, you sit your ass down and watch. He said, have your cameras set up, do what you got to do, but just sit and watch. Don't stomp through the woods, beating on trees with, you know, logs and all that happy stuff. He said, the only thing you do running through the woods at night is break your nose. So, um, and when we did that, we've had strange things happen, you know. Uh, wind change in direction on us, uh, not being able to keep a fire lit, uh, temperature drops, temperature changes. Uh, so uh, we've had weird things happen. Uh, extreme, you know, absolute silence in the middle of a, uh, a, a game land where there's like every animal known to mankind running around, uh, from koi wolves to 500-pound black bears. I mean, it's nuts. And you don't hear a sound on a full moon. Coyotes, nothing. You don't hear not a sound that night. Uh, Those three days were recorded. We had recorders out everywhere. Not a sound. Nothing walking through the woods. Not a bird in the sky. Not a chirp. Not a peep. That's bizarre. But four weeks before we get there, the park ranger tells us about screams that he's heard, and he's been there for, well, not 15 years now, 16 years. At that point, he was there for 12 years. He said, I've heard every animal you can think running through these woods, every sound they make. He said, but four weeks ago, he said, I heard screaming coming out of the swamp area down there, and he said, I don't know what that was. And he said, I wasn't about to go look. And I'm going like, "Uh, four weeks ago, huh? Well, four weeks ago, we had our first bipedal report at that location. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The fact that when we left there after that first excursion and got in the truck, went down, said goodbye, uh, thanked him for all this uh, thing. My, uh, my other crew left and we left and I made a left to get out to the highway. And when I got to the highway, uh, went to turn the steering wheel and make a right hand turn. My left arm was dead, totally dead. Wouldn't move. Couldn't make it move. This wasn't a bad case of gout? No. Uh-uh. No. I, I, it was just like it wasn't there. And I pulled off the road, reached down, put it in park. Marm was fine. Mm. But that, for that half mile from where I made the turn to where I pulled over, like it wasn't there. And no feeling there whatsoever, at all. Couldn't move it, couldn't feel it, just like it didn't even exist. Hmm. At that same look, at that same location, we had a group of um, uh, Boy Scouts, where, um, and I, I'm sure I told you this story before, where the. A lady was taking care of some of the Girl Scouts, and the, her husband was taking care of some of the Boy Scouts, and she heard something outside of the tent. She thought it was her husband. She started, you know, talking to him. Well, there was no answer. Then it kind of walked away. She heard it walk away, and then 
it came back and then she heard it messing with the zipper of the thing and then she got a little scared <clears throat> excuse me and she started yelling for her husband who heard her and started running down through and he got to the tent and said what's going on she said i don't know somebody was trying to get in the tent he said there's nobody here and so he stayed with her a little bit and then he went back to the to the kids and uh, you know she settled in again and she went to zip the thing closed and the uh, caretaker who was indigenous walked up and asked her if she was okay was there anything wrong and she told him what happened and he said well I'll keep an eye out and he walked off so the next morning she was telling the uh, owners of the property you know that the uh, caretaker the Indian caretaker came down and you know was going to watch overnight and they looked at her and said we don't have an Indian caretaker that's strange that is that's totally scary. strange mm-hmm because skinwalkers, they can, they can be whatever they want to be. Anything. They can be anything. And, um, I mean, there's certain ways you can tell, according to the indigenous Cheyenne out in Oklahoma, <clears throat> what a skinwalker skin would be in disguise. They would have very unkept, greasy-looking, slimy hair, you know, like they didn't wash it for a long time. Um, clothing would be very disheveled. They would never look you right in the eyes when talking to you. They would be sniffing the air like they had a cold, but their head would move around like they were looking at different directions to sniff. And uh, they'd just come in out of nowhere. You could be sitting around a campfire having a bunch of hot dogs, and they'd just walk in and say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? What are you doing? You know, and just like that, be gone. And there are many stories of that that go way back. And, uh, you know, just like the area you live in, I mean, at one time that area was, you know, a few trappers, a few mountain men, and mostly mostly indigenous. Pennsylvania was all indigenous until 1754. So the stories of, of um, these individuals, for lack of a better word, um, those stories have been around for a long, long, long time. And at first I thought the bipedal canines uh, was what, you know, they might be, but the descriptions were much different, too, much, too different. I mean, uh, every, every report that we have, every one of uh, the 59 reports we have, not one is any different than the other one when it comes to description of the, of the creature. Not one. Same color, same build, same height, same mannerisms, the whole nine yards. But skinwalkers, I mean, they could be anything. I mean, the only animal we saw that weekend was we moved a rock to put a table up to mount computers on and cameras, and a salamander crawled out from under the rock. It was the only animal we saw. We were in a state park that has the biggest deer herd in Pennsylvania and bears, koi wolves. They run in packs of 12, 15 at a time. Never saw one, never heard one. Never heard anything that weekend. When I play that tape back, I, you know, I kept one of the tapes, which was the second day we were there. And it was that was the night that we had a full moon. And I thought, well, I'll capture something. You know, there'll be some kind of noise on there. Nothing. Dead silence. I can play the whole tape. There's nothing there. Not a sound, not a whisper. You can hear the fire crackling. I'm going to ask you, because we've had it a number of times up here. I don't think there's anything more eerie 
as we got about a minute and 10 seconds to go before we go to break, there's nothing okay. more eerie than being in the middle of the forest and the forest is silent. Yep. Yep. I agree 100%. You know, when I was a kid and I lived at the base of a mountain and we used to be in that mountain all the time, you heard everything, birds chirping, you could, you could hear frogs jumping through the leaves. I mean, you could hear everything, uh, deer snorting, uh, you know, stuff running here, running there all the time. But when you get into these deep, dark, mountainy woods uh, where there's nobody around for miles and you're sitting there and all of a sudden you realize that, you know, you don't hear a thing. You don't even hear, a, you know, not a buzz of, an, of a bug or an animal moving around or anything like that. And we, and we saw nothing. We heard nothing. And not being able to, we had the fire going roaring all day, you know, and during the next day, fine. But at night, we couldn't keep the fire going. It kept going out. Even when we put uh, accelerant on it, it kept going out. The wind would change from north to south, east to west. How does that happen? North, south, east, west? And true north, south, east, west, not southeast. No, no, true north, true south, true east, true west. When I got home, I, you know, because uh, the weather station that we use is the same one Noah uses. They're portable. And I called up the Penn State to the weather people up there, and I told them what happened. I sent them a copy of the of the, of the report because we, uh, we put everything on a thumb drive or a SD card. So I sent him an SD card and all stuff. He said, oh, it happens all the time. He said, unfortunately, it only happens in the Himalayas. And right there, i got to cut you off, my friend, because we're going to go to break at the top of the hour. Butch Wachowski's Strange Days continues on Spaced Out Radio in Hour 2 right after this. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturdays starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. So get comfy on your Chesterfield, grab a donut, and join us, eh? out with Spaced Out Radio, where we own the night. This is Carl. You can follow Dave on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, and during the show, use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio to chat with us live. On Instagram, at Dave Scott S-O-R. On Facebook, give our page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. S-O-R archives are free on YouTube, at Spaced Out Radio. Come join us, or I will come join you. See you at your window. 
Hi there, this is Geraldine Orozco from San Francisco's Bay Area Meditation. I invite you to join me the first Tuesday of every month with Dave Scott for Spaced Out Radio's The Spiritual You. In this fast-paced world we live in, it's time for you to take some time for you. We'll cover every possible subject from powerful meditation to healing techniques to your own intuition and spirituality. So come join us for The Spiritual You. Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans, it's John Rezig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org and become a donor today. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiebaud. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. The SOR Vault is open for business, and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up. All you have to do is head over to our website and click on the SOR Vault. You have a variety of cool logos to choose from, and put them on anything you want. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we can get it to you. So do your shopping by supporting the store you love. Get your Spaced Out Radio swag at the SOR Vault today. At spacedoutradio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at spacedoutradio.com. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com. This is Amber Beckrud, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we store all of the SOR show archives for free. And as an added bonus, every two weeks, I'm posting brand new content on Cryptid Tales, where I will get into some of the spookier legends and folklore from around the world and tell the stories that go with them. Find us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio and check out Cryptid Tales today. Drop a comment and let me know what you want to hear. See you there. 
Get your horns up with me on Spaced Out Radio. This is Ron Bumblefoot Thaw. Come tune in to SOR where you can hear me rock out with Little Brother is Watching, the official theme song of Spaced Out Radio. And then come on over to Bumblefoot.com where you can find out about my tour schedule, my music, and everything else. Bumblefoot.com keeps you up to date on what I'm doing and the best way to stay in touch with my music and music camps. Sign up for my newsletter at Bumblefoot.com and remember, Little Brother is Watching. We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Call of the Wild is in Vancouver. The Moose Vancouver is one of the hottest bars and restaurants in the city. Open until 2 a.m. nightly, the Moose will rock you like a hurricane all night long. Great food with everything on the menu at $6.95. Near the corner of Nelson and Granville, get your horns up and come rock with us. The Moose Vancouver, the official rocking bar of Spaced Out Radio. Are you having encounters with the paranormal, supernatural, or ufological that you cannot explain? Look no further than the SOR Sightlines Report, brought to you by the Experiencer Support Association. This is Ryan Stacy, head of the Research Association, TESSA. Soon on the Spaced Out Radio website, you'll be able to file your reports and have them researched for you. We are independent and ready to help Spaced Out Radio listeners today. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour two of Spaced Out Radio is underway tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Thank you for being with us. I want to remind everyone that you can listen to us on KDNF AM 1560 in Dangerfield, Texas. UPRN 107.7 FM in New Orleans. WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia. Reedsport, Oregon. We are on KDUN AM 1030. Say hello to everyone at KZFX 93.7 FM in Ridgecrest, California. On the digital side, hi Bart Allen fans at Kingdom of Nye Radio and listening on Revolution Radio as well. Don't forget, all of our archives are free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Baedeker. Baedeker is your password. Use your wise uh, your password wisely, Space Travelers, as the clams. That's a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR Vault. Pick up a book at We Read the Night. You can also sign up for the Space Travelers Club. It's five bucks a month. And catch up on all the news with Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Butch Witkowski's Strange Days happens the final Monday of every month. Butch's website, ufocop.com. If you want to check it on out, Butch, welcome back. Yes, sir. The other question that I had that I mentioned to you earlier on, and this is before we get to audience questions here, because I know they're piling up, is this, Butch. There's a big gap between the experiencer and the scientific proof. How do we right. bring those two together? 
Well, I think the biggest shot they took at it was, you know, by using uh, hypnotism, but didn't really work out all that well. Um, I know that um, uh, there's a researcher in England that is really using a truth serum. Uh, I don't know how legal that is. Uh, I've never heard of it being used here. But um, he says he gets a lot more out of that, using that, than he does with uh, hypnotism. And, um, uh, you know, people talked about putting implants in and um, different types of uh, uh, electronic devices that they could attach to your head that could bring back memories. But, you know, besides that stuff to me being awful dangerous, uh, I, I really don't have an answer for that. It's just, you know, some of the stories that you hear from abductees, I mean, they just run a shiver right up your spine and make the hair stand on edge. And then, you know, especially the people that have got the marks, you know, they've got, uh, you know, chunks taken out of them or they got uh, uh, scratches or bruises or um, uh, they're missing internal organs. So I, I just, I guess there's probably something out there uh, scientific-wise uh, that could be done, but Man, I ain't that smart. It just, and besides that, that's, that's, when you start messing around with people's heads, that just scares me to death. I mean, what if something goes wrong? I mean, besides, you could probably kill somebody, electric shock or whatever. But just like that guy using that truth serum, that's, that's not good stuff. But, hey, you take what they say, you document it, uh, you research it, keep an eye on them. Uh, some people have one abduction experience, and that's it. They never have another one. Then you have other people that, you know, they're pretty much having them on a regular basis, and they know when they're going to have them, too. Um, stuff that's been taken, um, like implants uh, that were taken out of people, uh, all those implants just mysteriously disappeared. No place to find them anymore. Um, you know, uh, certain websites that had them on uh, were showing you what they look like. So they're gone. So as much as the government says they don't mess with this anymore, I think they mess with it more now than ever. Why is that? Well, <clears throat> there, uh, there have been uh, on some... I call them black sites, but they're not like the black sites. Like people know normally, I call them black sites. But uh, there are sites out there where uh, it's just other researchers talking to other researchers. And, you know, they're describing or showing pictures of something that they took, uh, uh, maybe a craft not too high above the ground or some creature, you know, squatting uh, off the side of the road or something like that, you know. And, and they're good pictures. I mean, they're, you know, you can see exactly what you're looking at. And uh, next thing you know, those pictures are gone and that person's not on the site anymore. And, you know, then it gets quiet for a long time and then somebody will find something else they'll publish. Or they'll publish something, you know, from uh, uh, government papers that were found. And they disappear all of a sudden. Now, you know, why would anybody just take that stuff off? So, you know, the person that's taking it off is the government. I mean, they're, they're the ones who are hiding it. 
I mean, there are so many projects that the government had concerning UFOs and Bigfoot and uh, other things that uh, it makes you crazy. But when you go to find them, if, if you didn't save them, if you didn't print them, save them, whatever you do, you'll never find them again because they're not there anymore. And uh, that's always been kind of a gripe uh, with a lot of researchers that, you know, uh, like there was a, a site on many years ago, I can't even remember the name of the site, but the guy used to publish all the um, sightings um, on a weekly basis for the United States and um, Puerto Rico, I believe. There were thousands of pages, thousands of pages. And just one time I went to get on it, and it wasn't there anymore. And, you know, I checked around with a few other researchers to see, you know, what happened. And, you know, they move it to another site or something like that. They said they don't even know where he is. They never heard of him, never heard from him again. So you don't know. And, you know, a lot of stuff um, kind of sounds squirrely, you know, like a bad B-movie. But sometimes that bad B-movie stuff is for real. It's the real deal. And um, do I think the government has anything to do with Bigfoot? Yep. UFOs? Yep. Paranormal? Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's, no talk, let's talk about that. Why do you think the government knows about Bigfoot? Uh, uh, you got, um, there's just been too many reports over the years where, um, well, the injured ones from fire or uh, where, the, where they were taken or they were treated by the military and taken away, or um, loggers up in the, in the great northwest, um, uh, you know, found um, an injured uh, Bigfoot, and, you know, they call the police. Next thing you know, the military rolls in, off it goes. Uh, there's... Um, there, there was a site down in Maryland that was an old, it was an old prison laundry that was converted, and um, there was a bust out uh, where something that was in a room busted out of the room. Uh, witnesses to, 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 to verify that, and then uh, that I think it was the same day, uh, fishermen um, on one side of a of a, of a creek, uh, creek river, not a river really, but a creek, um, seen this thing standing on the other side. Next thing you know, he goes and, you know, gets back to his car, goes to report it. And by the time he's on the phone trying to report it, uh, state police are rolling in, military's rolling in. Now, why would that happen? I mean, he didn't even get to talk to anybody. And you got the, you got the state police rolling in and you got the military rolling in. And they're all armed. Uh, the one case... Uh, where some friends of mine who are researchers, Bigfoot researchers, up in central Pennsylvania, they're out in their research area one night, and um, they're walking down a path, and out of the path comes this guy dressed in full military camo, night vision, um, M4 rifle, night scope, the whole bit. He just looks at them, and they look at him, and they said, how you doing? And he looks at them going like, up, oh, just uh, hunting some bear, and walked off into the other side of the woods. Wasn't bear season, it wasn't any season. It was in the summertime. 
So what would a guy in full military gear, and I don't mean stuff that you get from your local uh, Army and Navy store. I mean, this was the real deal stuff. I mean, this guy was, he had the whole nine yards, the radio, the, the, everything. And M4 rifle, the whole bit. Now, what was he doing there? And they've had, it was an area, a research area, where they had a number of sightings over the years. So, what was he looking for? Hmm. Uh. With that, do you think that they have recovered bodies? Absolutely. Oh yeah. So they how would to. they be able how would they be able to find the bodies and yet we have people who have been searching for this creature for years who have never ever come close? Mm, well, you know, uh the, the, the stories of the, the, the fire up there. Um uh, I forget where it was, Montana or somewhere up in that area they had a forest fire. And one was found. Some loggers that were leaving that area found one laying alongside the road that was that was burned up pretty good, but still alive. And they called the local sheriff. Well, the sheriff never showed up, but uh, two deuce and a half military guys showed up and a uh, military ambulance, and they got him all sedated and you know patched up what they could and put him in an ambulance, and off they went. Why would they do that? I don't know. I really, I mean, I really don't know. And then you know you have the other theories where these things are actually um, uh, what one guy called super soldiers. You know that were uh, being developed and um, got away. But uh, when you think about that, that's not so far off either because you had. Um, and during World War II, uh, Hitler's uh, Wunderwaffen group was not only doing rockets and stuff like that, but they were trying to build super soldiers where they were trying to combine apes with men, you know, DNA-wise. Um, not to make the man an ape, but to have the man have the super strength and body strength and all that stuff. So I guess that's not too far off. I mean, there's so much that we just don't know. It's just, it's crazy. And, you know, when you talk about some of this stuff, people go like, mm, I think you're crazy, <laughs> you know, but um, it's like they, uh, the, the animals, um, uh, Russia tried it. Russia tried to make super soldiers with wolves, taking certain DNA from wolves and injecting it into soldiers. Unfortunately, that didn't work out real well. Um, but if. Eh, could it be? Sure, I guess it could be. Um, is there any proof that you can, you know, latch on to, read, or, you know, not a chance. Not a chance. Um, I mean, look at all the reports of reptilians from all over the country. You got reports of reptilians under Los Angeles, in the swamp areas of Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, East Texas, and Pineys. I mean, so what are these creatures? Some say they look human, but, you know, with shades of reptilian. And some say they look like all reptilian with no shape, no no uh, matchup with a human being in size or anything like that. Then you have abductees that talk about reptilians. 
So, it, you know, it's like it's like trying to play marbles in a dark room. <laughs> it's just there's just no way, and you, you can only get so much information. You know, um, it's either the websites aren't there anymore, or the people that you were dealing with are no longer there, and they were longtime researchers, or they passed on. Um, I often wonder what happens to all these guys who have been doing this stuff for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. What happens to all their reports and their, their work, what they did in all that time? Gone. Nobody knows where it went. It is kind of tough. disheartening, but. So if the government knows and the government has bodies and we can assume they are stuffed somewhere in the basement of the Smithsonian or a place like that. Mm-hmm. Why the secret or Bigfoot? Or they're alive. Or they're al- why the secret? Why not come out and say this creature is real? What What's it harming? Well, it's just like here in Pennsylvania. You know, we had, where we had sightings and, and, and the one gentleman that, you know, was out hunting, he was up in a tree stand and and, you know, one walked up on him and uh, bipedal and, you know, he went after it finally walked away after growling at him for a little bit of five, ten minutes. He goes to the local game warden, which is right down the road, the office, tells him what he saw. And the first thing out of their mouth is, oh, we have big dogs around here. If you would put out by the game commission or park rangers or anything like that, would put anything out like, you know, we got a, a, a bipedal werewolf or whatever running around in such and such game park. Those people wouldn't even get within 28 miles of that game park. And they'd lose a ton of money. And I mean a ton of money. Because all these parks have campgrounds. You know, they have other boating facilities, fishing facilities, hunting facilities. They'd lose a ton of money. It's just like they say here in Pennsylvania, we don't have um, uh, any mountain lions. They've been seen a dozen times already over the years. <clears throat> they say, oh, the last one was killed in, uh, well, I forget what it was, 1889 or something like that, and it's stuffed and it's up in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania Museum. And that's true, it's there. A female was drinking water, was shot by some uh, some trappers. But there are reports all the time. And they said, well, how, why would he, why would you have a, how would you get a mountain lion here? Well, they just tracked one not too long ago, a couple years ago. They tracked one from Colorado, got hit by a car in Maine. It had the tracking device on it. They tracked it all the way across the country. So why wouldn't it be? You know, they said, uh, wolves, you know, yeah, we have wolves in Pennsylvania, not many, but we have koi wolves. You know, the bred with uh, Canadian gray wolves and um, coyotes. There's packs of them running around all over Pennsylvania. But talk to the game commission? I don't think so. Talk to a park ranger where we were on our first expedition. The guy goes like, oh, yeah, they run around here. And he showed me some pictures. Pack of 12, pack of 8. I said, so that's why you're carrying that gun. He said, oh, yeah. He said, we see him, we shoot him. I said, okay. But, I mean, they're just as deadly as a wolf. They have a wolf mentality. It's bred into them. You might come face to face with one. There might be eight or ten behind you. You don't even see. 
And that's the same thing as around here. I mean, if you see one wolf, there's a pack of eight to ten around mm-hmm. you staring at you. You just cannot see them. Nope. I walked, I was hunting one time, and I walked past a coyote, and my buddy said, didn't you see the coyote? I said, what coyote? He said, you walked right past it. I said, I didn't see any coyote, and I turned around, there he was. Just sitting there right along the trail. I walked right by him. Never saw him. But koi wolves, dangerous. Very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And they're a lot bigger than a coyote. Now, they're not as big as a wolf, but they're bigger than a coyote. So with Dogman or Sasquatch... Is it more environmental that we're not getting the announcement of these creatures? Like, take take the tinfoil off for a second and say that the government knows about these, but doesn't want to say anything. Okay, and let's t- take the tinfoil off and say, okay, there's no super soldier program, or they're tr- not trying to work on on something like that. Right? What would be the what would be the purpose of covering this creature and not admitting to it? Well, I'm sure if it was a government, it would be something nefarious. Um, well, you know, they're and these guys, I don't know who these people are. Over the years, I've seen some of these websites where, you know, they want to capture a, a Bigfoot or they want to capture this or capture that to train it, to teach it, to learn from it, you know. Uh, and I'm going like, okay, so how are you going to do that? But I, I, it's, I don't know why they would, well, why don't they tell you, well, I guess they have over the years told you UFOs exist, but um, why would they not tell you something like that exists? What would be the big secret of keeping something like that? Um, they get, you know, the, the, um, the people here in Pennsylvania, the game commissioner in Pennsylvania, they they just disavow anything. It, it doesn't matter what, I mean, you could drag one in and throw it on their desk and they'd say, nah, that's not what it is. That's a, you know, whatever. That's a big dog. But, um, you know, those guys are out there in the field in these parks, these rangers, they know what's out there. Uh, well, we flat out asked the one that the first one that we met and talked with and, you know, afforded us the, uh, permission to stay there for the weekend up on the mountain. Uh, you know, I, I asked him flat out. I said, did you ever see anything that you think you shouldn't have saw? He went, yeah, many times. I said, and? He went, I go my way, they go their way. I went, okay. That's as far as he wanted to go with it. I remember and my, I buddy Mike, my, my buddy Mike up here had pretty much the same instance with a conservation officer as we got about 30 seconds left i remember him telling me that when in his conversation with the conservation officer when uh, he was asked what he was doing and looking for big footprints the guy didn't laugh and said look i can't talk about this stuff i i i you know paraphrasing here he loves his job a little bit too much than to talk about this Right. And I don't I don't understand that way of thinking. And, and Butch, when we come back, we, we can get into that. Because I think that's an important part of what you do, because it's all part of the investigation as well. 
Butch Witkowski's Strange Days happens here on Spaced Out Radio, the final Monday of every month. We're going to continue talking about the forests of North America. What is hiding in them? Butch's website, uforcop.com, so make sure you check it on out. We'll be back with more Butch right after this. Hey everybody, the SOR Space Travelers is open. For just five bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great form for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. Hey, space travelers, this is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you'd know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckrud, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. From the heartlands of Canada to beards around the world, we know how to take care of you. Fill your follicles with the Mighty Moose Beard Oil. All our oils and bombs are handmade and 100% natural ingredients because we care about your beard. And hey, use the promo code SOR2019 and get your Mighty Moose Beard Oil today. You can check us out on our website, MightyMooseBeard.com. Looking for something new to push your limits? Look Beyond the Spectrum, a new docu-series featuring some of the best researchers in the world when it comes to everything from UFOs, government cover-ups, and Bigfoot in the forest. Truth seekers like Steve Bassett, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, Richard Dolan, as well as others all chip in to bring their knowledge to you. Beyond the Spectrum can be found on Amazon as well as Tubi TV. Tell us what you think on our Amazon page. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost look no further than spaced out radio spacedoutradio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily weekly and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website including social media from commercial spots to banners we have it all 
check out our competitive pricing today. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Space Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Space Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! Finish off your weekend and kick off your new week with me, Everett Themer, right here on Spaced Out Sundays. I'm going to bring you great guests, a little bit of snark, and plenty of information to think about. But don't worry, there's going to be plenty of woo as well. We are going to hit everything in the paranormal and supernatural, including the odd psychic Sundays. So tune us in on Sunday, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. Great to have you with us. want to remind all of you that if you missed portions of this show or others, we got our free YouTube channel where we store our archives, youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Do a little shopping at the SOR vault. You can also 
pick up a book at We Read the Night. Join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. You'll be glad you did. And all the news is provided daily by Captain Shirk. Butch Witkowski is here the final Monday of every month for Strange Days. We're getting into some weird stories now. Butch, welcome back to the show. Absolutely. Glad to be here. You know, last time you were on, you were kind of gave about a two and a half hour sermon about your health that we all wanted to hear because we all out here wanted to make sure you were doing okay after your health scare. So now that you've had another month under your belt and you've started to slowly but surely get back in the trenches of what's going on in the weird and strange, what's crossed your desks that's caught your eye? Um, I think the biggest thing is the uptake on Bigfoot sightings and um, some here in Pennsylvania, but mostly all over the place everywhere. And usually, you know, if they cross the desk, there's one or two or three, you know, maybe in a month, but I'm getting that many in a day. Um, Now they're not all here in Pennsylvania, but um, they're in very strange places. I mean, you know, they're not in parks game lands and stuff like that. Some are in, um, you know, uh, pop- heavily populated areas. Now, that could be, you know, misidentification, of course, but uh, you don't know. It's just, uh, it's like I said earlier, everything is just weird. I mean, you know, things that you can almost count on like clockwork, like uh, you're going to start getting these reports this time of the year, this time of the year you're going to get these reports, blah, blah, blah. Well, not like that. I mean, the reports are just coming in on a daily basis, especially the UFO reports. Um, it's, um, I would say from this time last year till this year, there's probably been about a 30% uptake on reports of UFOs. Really? And, uh, yeah, not a lot. Um, 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 and not so many orbs as always. There used to be just a lot of orbs, white orbs, red orbs, orange orbs. Now it's uh, uh, crafts of different shapes, tube shape, saucer shaped, um, uh, rectangular shape, triangles. Uh, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, but now is the now is the time of year that we really start looking up because you know our skies are. With the cold weather, it's clear. I mean, like tonight, it's a very starry night out. And, um, uh, you know, you have, um, if you have a clear uh, sight, line of sight, like I do at my place here, I mean, I can see I have a, a big swath of sky that I can watch. And um, since I've lived here, I've seen three. So uh, I, I just don't know why, because uh, usually... You know, if you see one or two or three in a year, that's a lot. You know, I've seen three in a couple months. So, um, plus all the other reports that are coming in. But uh, I think the last orb report I had was uh, two weeks ago. Uh, That was in Montgomery County area. Uh, Very low, uh, slow moving, Uh, very bright white, stopped and then shot straight up into the sky. So, uh, mm -hmm. those are the ones that we see a lot down here, um, where you, you can watch them, you know, across the sky, you know, from horizon to horizon, zigzagging along. And then, you know, they'll, they'll stop 
or they'll make an abrupt turn or they'll dive down and then come back up, make a big U and then shoot straight up into the stars till they disappear. I mean, they're, and it's hard to catch them on camera, you know, because even if you have a camera set up till you get on it, you know what I mean? You know, get it, get it in your sight. It's gone. They're just so fast. And, um, uh, tonight when I was out earlier, there was, a. um, I had like eight satellites in a row that I could count. So uh, this when you when you can see the satellites that clear, you know, then you have a good you have a good shot at getting something. But uh, a friend of mine who has a telescope, uh, he has a camera set up to his um, video cam and uh, sky cam they call it, and you know he can let it run twenty four seven and then just go back and look at it when he has time. And some of the stuff that he's getting on that, I'm like, wow. <laughs> But again, that's a very expensive piece of equipment. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that it, it's, it is so much uh, information out there on, uh, or reports rather, on, on orbs. Um, and, it's just like uh, out of nowhere, they just started really ganging up, you know, like uh, there was uh, one report uh, that was last week. Uh, I have one report where the guy saw uh, one orb and he zeroed in on that with his camera. And then that orb broke into three orbs and then the three orbs broke into five orbs. And then they went back into the main orb, the first orb he saw one at a time. Now that's bizarre. <laughs> so I guess, there is such a thing as a mothership. <laughs> Got some questions from our audience here that we want to get into. Let's start off with little Mikey rainbows in the chat room who is asking, what are these orbs you talk about? Do the colors differ for a reason? Example, blue, yellow, red, just colors of the rainbow. No, the ones that are seen the most are, <clears throat> excuse me, are white, bright white. Uh, the second most popular color is uh, yellow. Um, blue we haven't seen for a while. Um, red, uh, the last one uh, I remember on a red one was, it was a white orb uh, that a red orb came out of and they were both side by side for quite a while. And then the red orb just kind of vanished and the white orb continued on its way. So I don't know if there's a reason for the colors, uh, but those those colors are the main ones that you see. White is the most dominant, followed by yellow and then red. And red ones seem to always be closer to the ground. In other words, if you're looking at something, um, if you're looking at something at 30,000 feet, uh, and it's white, uh, and, and there's another color out there, it'll be below that, and it'll be you know, probably at that 10, 12,000 foot level. So uh, why the different colors, I have no idea, unless, you know, there's uh, they have some priority or something to do with changing color. But uh, And then there have been, uh, there was a fireball, well, we called it a fireball, out in uh, Erie, Lake Erie area, where it was bright, bright red, fire red, and it turned to uh, orange, turned to yellow, and then it disappeared. But that we have on video. Interesting. 
Mm. All right, let, let's get a Hatterax question in the SOR Space Travelers Club on our website. He says, I do wonder why I have seen nothing when I have spent so much time in the backcountry or just hiking along trails, either by myself, with my family, or friends. What's your thoughts on that, Butch? Well, <laughs> uh, our very first bipedal report uh, was a gentleman that was retired. He was uh, retired from the Air Force. He was a combat fighter pilot. Uh, then he went to work for commercial airline, flew airliners for 15 years. Retired, went to the same hunting spot every year ever since he was a child. And when I say child, he started hunting when he was seven years old with his father. And uh, not legal, of course. But anyway, he went to the same spot. And uh, when he retired, he uh, uh, was walking his two dogs to Weimaranas, uh right up through the same path he's walked up through since he was a kid. And um, never saw anything out of the area or out of the realm of, um, you know, anything other than deer, occasional skunk, you know, coyote. Uh, but this time, uh, you know, bipedal walks right in front, comes out of the woods in front of him, crosses over in front of him, goes up the other side. And he's never been back since. So I don't know that it's... Uh, well, look at all the guys that are out looking. They never see anything. Uh, I think it's these things are always seen by chance or happenstance or accident, you know, that you spot something. Um, most people, uh, misidentification is a big deal. I mean, you know, people will see a bear standing up and it's Bigfoot. Um, they'll see something run through the woods real fast like a deer and it's a bipedal. So it's... And then your mind, especially with uh, researchers, you know, they, they're so dead set on finding something, you know, like, you know, they know what a Bigfoot looks like, even though they never saw one. They know how they act. They know how they behave. They know how tall they are. They know the color of, their, of the fur and everything. And they're the worst ones for getting those types of reports, misidentification, because it's already set in their head. Whatever they see is going to be a Bigfoot. And if they've been walking around for two days in the woods, and they haven't seen anything, anything that they see is going to be a Bigfoot or a bipedal canine or something else. Uh, uh, these people with the, the large birds, um, they have, uh, you know, uh, cranes. And, um, you know, people have never seen a crane uh, and how big they are. You know, once they take flight, I mean, they're they're thinking pterodactyl, you know, uh, so, or a blue heron, blue heron's bigger than a crane. You know, they, when they're standing there, they're six foot tall. So when they take off again, you get these pterodactyl sightings and, um, and they're all year round. They don't, they don't really fly South or anything like that. You can find them in the winter time all over this place, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, um, if you're going to see one, you'll see one. Uh, just make sure you know what you're looking at. All right, let's continue with the questions. Robin is asking, more people that go out to find Bigfoot would mean Bigfoot goes away to stay away from the humans to not be seen? Does that sound logical? Well, look how many reports you have of, you know, Bigfoot hiding behind a tree watching a campground or watching a farm. 
They don't come out from behind the tree. They just they watch, or they're or they're um, you know squatched down in a bunch of bushes watching. So I guess curious. They could just be curious. There's never been any valid um, uh, reports of any of them attacking anybody. <clears throat> I mean, there's one that's way back um, in the 1860s or 1870s out in, in the Yukon area where uh, 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 one trapper was killed, a couple dogs were tore up pretty bad, and um, they said they couldn't find any uh, bear tracks. Grizzly would be in that area, and uh, what they did find, though, were they looked like large human footprints, but uh, that's as far as that story went. But I've never, I've never seen any stories where anybody was beat up, hurt, kidnapped, slaughtered. I had, uh, I, I never told you this story. During my ghost tour, I had a gentleman actually tell me his Bigfoot story from about 1974. He was 18 years old. Him and his friend went camping near Whistler, British Columbia, at a lake there. And it was about 1.30 in the morning. The boys, the two buddies, were sleeping in the tent. And all of a sudden, it was like a forklift. They felt these two giant arms go underneath them, lift the entire tent up with both of them inside. And when the guys started to struggle, the tent collapsed on top of them. This, whatever it was, put them back down and walked away. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A week later, the other buddy... And his dad and brother went back to the camping spot, exact same spot, and about the same time in the middle of the night, the truck and camper start shaking. Now, the old man slept in the cab of the truck, somehow got the door open to the driver's side, hopped out, saw the big creature pushing on the vehicle, and shot it. And there was they followed a blood trail for a short time, and then... It disappeared. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, there have been many stories of people shooting at them, but they always say, like, uh, I, I guess the one that sticks in my head was a guy. Um... I had a cabin, hunting cabin, and they're during hunting season, and, and uh, something was outside messing around with the vehicles. And I guess the one vehicle, the alarm went off. He went out with a thirty out six, and he saw what he described as a Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it, and he fired two rounds, definitely hit it close range, and it just looked at him and walked away. Never made a sound. See, we've had reports of both Dogman and Bigfoot being shot. Mm-hmm. Okay? And yet these creatures just keep going like nothing happened, Butch. Yep. That's what I find scary. And that's part of the reason why I tend to think there's something a little bit more special about these creatures than just saying it's an animal. Well... I guess the only thing I would say there is, yeah, that could be, or it could be just some of them, because we have reports of them eating roadkills, and if they're eating, you know, they're flesh and blood. 
right? Well, don't aliens have to feast every now and again? Um, I couldn't couldn't answer that one. <laughs> I'm just asking. You know, yeah, but, I, I, I mean, I but I mean, the, the fact that, you know, there are reports of people who will describe that they are using high powered rifles to mm-hmm. shoot at these creatures that would take down a grizzly bear with one bullet. Mm-hmm. And this Sasquatch or dog man just doesn't even seem affected by that. It just amazes me. No, it, it's, I mean, there have been reports like that. Uh, there was one in, um, I believe it was Green County, Pennsylvania, if I remember right, where uh, a guy went out to feed his, uh, uh, just kept a small group of cattle. He went out to feed uh, right before supper, and it was dark. It was wintertime, and um, uh, when he went out at dark because of bears and stuff in the woods around the farm, um this thing came walking out of the out of or out alongside the barnyard, and um, he opened up on it with a forty four magnum pistol, three rounds, and it just ran off. Never did anything. He couldn't find any blood. Never any. He sure he hit it. He said, you know, like thirty feet away, he couldn't miss, and um, never made a sound. Just ran off. Forty four would have made a big hole, big hole. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, are we talking about creatures, in your opinion, that are defying the laws of modern-day science, then? Yes, I think so. How so? Well, we have no idea who... We, we're all, you know, we all got the, the descriptions. We know what they're supposed to look like. We know what they look like. But that's all we know. We don't know, you know, do they migrate? Do they hibernate? Do they do they eat? Do they drink? Uh, there are many reports of these things fishing, you know, pulling fish out of lakes and streams. Many reports of, uh, of uh, deer uh, killed and only certain parts taken. Um, same thing with bipedal, seen, you know, eating road kills. Um, are, are they a family? Is it a group? Is it a family group type thing? Uh, are there old ones? Are there young ones? Uh, do they need to get out of the snow and rain? Uh, do they, do they hibernate? Do they, uh, I mean, there's so many things, uh, that normal animals that we're familiar with do, but we can't say they do any of that because we really don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where in your mind you know they could exist or they do exist and you think you know so much about them, but when it comes down to the bottom line, you don't know squat. You know, like I said, you know what they look like, uh, you know areas where they've been seen, um, descriptions have all been alike. Uh, areas of research pretty much stay the same, but we have no idea what we're dealing with. 
we've had bipedal, you know, um, never attack anybody that we're aware of. Now we found historical reports and stuff like that. But you have um, uh, the one we had a couple months back, three or four months ago, where the three couples uh, live in a neighborhood that borders uh, state game land. So there's a walking path there. So these three couples who are all neighbors always take these walks every now and then down this path. It turns around and they come back. No big deal. About a mile. And they're walking down the path as they round the corner. There's one standing right outside of the uh, tree line. Uh, descriptions exactly. And that's when they took off. But Don't blame them. No, 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 not at all. We've had hunters that have been within feet. And I mean 10, 15 feet of these things. And, they're, you know, they're carrying a high-powered rifle or a shotgun. And they all have the same thing. Everybody with a weapon that encountered these things all had the same thought in their mind. Don't shoot. Now, why is that? What is that telepathic? You know, they all have the same thing. If I pull this trigger, everything's going to go sour and real bad, real fast. So what does that mean? I mean, if I would have heard that from one person, in a report, that would have been strange, yeah. But I've had that in four or five reports where guys were carrying high-powered weapons and had it zeroed in on them. Hell, the one guy was 15 feet away and had the shotgun pointed at its head. And just, it was in his head, and it just said, you pull that trigger and things are going to get real bad real fast. And he just backed out of there and got in his truck and took off, and it never took his eyes off him either. And that's another thing. If they watch, if they see somebody in every report we have where they, you know, they kind of meet up, they don't take their eyes off you. In the case of the game warden and his buddy uh, on a walking right. trail, on a new walking trail, the same thing. By the time they saw it standing in the middle behind them, in the middle of the walking path behind them, till they got back to the truck, it was standing on the hill above the truck. I they never heard it move. Butch, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We only got Butch for another 30 minutes on Spaced Out Radio. Then it's the SOR Newswire and the Thought of the Day, Hour 3 of the Mighty SOR, coming up right after this. The SOR Vault is open for business, and do we have some cool swag for you to pick up. All you have to do is head over to our website and click on the SOR Vault. You have a variety of cool logos to choose from, and put them on anything you want. T-shirts, hoodies, hats, coffee mugs, you name it, we can get it to you. So do your shopping by supporting the store you love. Get your Spaced Out Radio swag at the SOR Vault today. For the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. The Space Travelers Club is a place where you can interact with other listeners, either live during the show or on our great forum. We want your stories, pictures, comments, and ideas. You'll get live video streams, exclusive content, and be a part of our newsletter. Stay in touch with everything SOR. The Space Travelers Club is just 5 bucks a month at spacedoutradio.com. 
so you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SRR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at SpacedOutRadio.com. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everett Thiele. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. A timepiece is a reflection of who you are. And what better way to show off the real you than with an Escape watch? Escape is a lifestyle brand accessorizing your days and nights. Choose to escape and create the life of discovery that you deserve. Dream, play, unite with your own personalized Escape watch. Head to escapewatches.com. There is no time like the present to enjoy your escape. Use promo code SMF2017 for your 20% discount today. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye! We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. 
We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Visit PurplePlates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com. Hey, space travelers. This is John Resig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. If you know anything about our website, you know we like to do things a little differently. We're not some faceless organization collecting money for a nebulous cause. Our donor dollars go directly toward life-improving items. Then we give those items directly to an underdog who needs it most. To become a donor with Spaced Out Radio's official charity, Chive Charities, just go to chivecharities.org forward slash donate. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of space out radio is underway tonight how you doing everyone thank you so much for joining us and especially if you're tuned in on WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia, KDUN AM 1030 in Reedsport, Oregon, KDNF AM 1560 in Dangerfield, Texas, UPRN 107.7 FM in New Orleans, and down in Ridgecrest, California, KZFX 93.7 FM. On the digital side, hi to everyone listening in on Revolution Radio and Kingdom of Nye Radio. Good to have you with us. Remember, all of our archives are free at YouTube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davy the favor hit that subscribe button the desert clam has set the password for tonight in the sor space travelers club Baedeker. Baedeker is your password use it wisely space travelers as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on spaced out radio our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bumblefoot do a little shopping at the sor vault because black friday is coming up of course we got great books at we read the night join the space travelers club for five bucks a month and captain shirk has you up to date on the sor newswire 
For the final time tonight, we introduce Butch Witkowski. He is from UFOrcop.com, a great investigation team out of the state of Pennsylvania. Strange Days happens the final Monday of every month, and we're glad to have Butch back. Thank you so much, Mr. Witkowski. You're quite welcome, sir. <laughs> I want to continue with the audience questions here. Let's get to Sparky here, who is asking, Butch, when it comes to Bigfoot or Dogman, is there more activity, or could it be that folks are just becoming more comfortable about talking about their experiences? Mm, I would say some people are becoming more comfortable talking about experiences. Um and some people are just terrified, and they, you know they, they give you one report and you never hear from them again. Uh, but there's quite a number of people that you know they'll give you a report, and then you know they'll check back with you every now and then to see if anything in their area has been going on or you know uh, anything like that. But um, I think that kind of goes both ways. You have you have some, certain people that you know they they feel comfortable about talking about it because they know what they saw, and that's you know they're sticking their guns by it. You know this is what I saw, and that's it. And then you got other people that, you know, that, yeah, that I think that's what I saw. But it could have been something else, you know. And But they still relate the story, which is good because, you know, you can't investigate every story uh, or every report, rather, but you can uh, at least build up, you know, a uh, a good file on, report, on reports. And, um, and uh, you know, it... it it really helps a lot when somebody sees, you know, you get a, a report, say, up in northwestern Pennsylvania, and I can go back to old reports and see if there was anything similar or like that in that area. And, and there may not be, but sometimes you hit it where, yeah, there was something in that pretty much same area, maybe a few miles up the road or down the road, and you get back to that person, and, you know, it makes them feel good that, you know, now they think that what they saw is what they saw. Because the prior report that I pulled up from somebody else, you know, a number of years earlier, was exactly what they saw. So I always think of those things as good sighting reports. All right, let's continue on here. Jade is asking, in regards to the giant skeletons that the Smithsonian apparently has hidden in their vaults, could they be perhaps Bigfoot skeletons? Maybe a group of people should get together and try and get this proven or disproven. Uh, <clears throat> well, first of all, that has been tried. Uh, there were a couple groups that went after uh, them regarding the giant skeletons. That um, could be. I mean, you know, when you think back, uh, Gigantopithecus was the biggest ape ever known. Uh so these giants could be, they could be Bigfoot skeletons, of course. But uh, the, the, uh, when they were being turned in, as they were being discovered and turned in, uh, they destroyed a lot of them. I, I, I would venture to say maybe if they have one or two, that's probably all they ever kept. But the rest of them, they destroyed. They just destroyed them. So hopefully, um, you know, um, Somebody will be smart enough that if they do find another one like that, that they don't turn it into the Smithsonian, and you know they they get it taken care of maybe by a, a, a research facility of some type. But I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's it's a strange thing when you look. You know, I mean, there's a lot of pictures out there. I mean, that were taken at the time that they were dug up. I mean, they're huge. <laughs> they're huge. So. Hmm. 
All right, let's move on here. Let's head over to the Space Travelers Club. There's a little bit of a story here that I'll read from Hadarak and then get your opinion. He says, my dad told me he was up in the hills behind Pocatello one night with his friends. This would have been back in the late 1959 to 61 time frame. The sun had just gone down. They were walking up the hills and saw some lights ahead of them. He said they were multicolored, white, red, what have you. Many lights. They were moving and eventually started coming towards them. The closer they got, the more they became scared. As they got closer, they turned and ran. He looked back, and once the lights were following them, what the heck? What's going on with a situation like that? Well, you know, there are many unexplained lights all over the country. Um, Brown Mountain, uh, the Marfa lights. Um, now, we were down at Brown Mountain in North Carolina, and, you know, we witnessed them. We saw them, and they were, they were multicolored. Um, uh, did all kind of things up, down, in, out. You know, flashed. Uh, don't know what it is. Don't know what they are. They've been studied many times. I got both uh, geological studies from the U.S. government. Um, they basically tell you nothing. They don't know what it is. Um, uh, the uh, I believe it's the Marfa lights uh, where people uh, have driven toward the light, and the light they'll actually drive under the light. Now, to them, it looks just like a bright white, like an orb. And next thing you know, when they think they should be past it, it's behind them, following them. So those those stories are, there's many stories like that where orbs have followed um, um, vehicles on roads and people. Uh, in Missouri, there was a case uh, a number of years back where a lady was driving home on a, uh, a bypass road. Uh, you didn't have to be on the big highway. You could run this road on the side to get to her house. And there was a truck behind her, and uh, the truck driver said an orb appeared over the car, picked the car up, and took it over and set it in the field. Hmm. And disappeared. And That's scary. Had no nothing nothing scary about that. No, no, not at all. Uh, lady felt, she said she didn't feel anything. She was driving, and uh, all of a sudden the car just lifted up, and next thing you know it was put down in the field adjacent to the road and the truck driver verified everything. He saw the whole thing. Oh my goodness. So what's that all, what's that all about? <laughs> Strange things, my a, friend. Strange that's things. Gets, that's where it gets a little weird. My friend it gets a little weird. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's continue on here. Uh, one more question I have from how to rock. I just got to pull it up here says, if they are traveling interdimensionally, I'm assuming he means Bigfoot or aliens, one of the two, why would they travel as a family? Seems kind of dangerous. Why would they travel in a family? As a family. Oh, as a family. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't know that. I mean, like I said, nobody's ever seen a family. You know, they always see the same big, tall guy, you know, uh, whether it's bipedal or it's uh, uh, Bigfoot. I mean, nobody's nobody has seen little ones or old ones or females or groups. You know, it, so I, it just can't be male. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a female somewhere if there's little ones. 
But then again, we don't even know that. We don't know that there's little ones. Um, then you have then there's a, a, a theory that I just heard while I was recuperating that I really didn't dig into yet, but uh, there's a researcher out in, I believe he's in Washington State, northern Washington State, who says the reason we don't find any bodies or, or anything like that is uh, they eat their dead. I don't know hmm. if I buy that one. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. You said earlier in the show that alien sightings are up and UFO mm-hmm. sightings. A lot of the speculation over the last year and a half has been we cannot put aliens and UFOs together anymore. They are two totally different subjects. In your studies with what you have learned from your research through the people who have contacted you, mm-hmm. is is that the right scenario to separate UFOs from aliens? No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, then you would have to say that everything that's flying up in the sky that we witness is mechanical. It doesn't have a pilot. Um, you would have to say that all abductions are nonsense. Um, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I I don't see how that could, how that could be. Something has to be piloting those things or, you know, uh, the Socorro case with Lonnie Zamora, you know, he witnesses, he sees the thing on the ground. He sees the little grays outside messing around with it, and it, he sees it take off, and they get there, and there's, you know, the the the, um, the sand is melted into grass, etc. And you know, I mean, it was a it was a sighting. It was a real sighting. So, there you had the aliens with the craft. So I'm assuming that there's something flying those crafts. Now, could some of them be, you know, just drones of some sort? Sure, I guess, but. Um, one of the things now that's coming about, again, that usually happens about every couple, three years, is uh, the interest in the backside of the moon with, um, you know, uh, alien cities or alien camps uh, on the dark side of the moon. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, I mean, there's been so many photographs taken, uh, mostly by the Japanese. Um, you're not there, so you don't know. You know, you're taking their word for it that uh, looks like some kind of alien village or something like that. What do you think's happening? Do you think uh, do you think that this is just more people because of the UFO hype are staring up in the sky and seeing things? It could be, but then again, you know, I I'm a great believer in uh, we cannot be the only intelligent life in this universe. That just makes no sense to me whatsoever. There has to be other. There has to be other peoples or beings out there somewhere. Um, and the way this country screwed up, that's probably why they won't land. They probably lock their doors as they fly by. <laughs> Can't really stop them. You cannot really stop them. No. So where are we all going with this? Looking back at 2019, I realize 
uh, you've had a lot of time off regarding all of this, but mm-hmm. are people being abducted more? Are they Abduction. having more of those experiences, or is it happening less? Abductions uh, have fallen off, but now last year, 18, 2018, there was a huge increase, and in 16, seems like it's every other year, there's a huge increase, and there's a, you know, the following year is a drop-off. And um, uh, I checked with other researchers that that's all they do, uh, and they, they found the same thing, that, you know, their their reports were on the uptake on the off year. So I, I don't know if there's a reason for that, uh, but like now this year there hasn't been many, but now next year there might be more. And then you would have to throw into that equation that on the odd year, they drop, and on the even years, they pick up. And why would that be? Hmm. Hmm. You tell tell me. (laughs) I wish I could tell you. I have no idea. But uh, it's been like that. Well, uh, Well, it's been like that for... Uh, since we've been watching that, uh, uh, eight years maybe, ten years, it's been like that. Where on the uh, even years they pick up, on the odd years they drop down. Hmm. And, and I don't know, you know, one guy said, well, it's probably the moon phase. Well, I have no idea what that means, the moon phase. What's moon phase got to do with it? But I don't know. It's the same as this whole Mercury retrograde crap that I have no idea is yeah. going on. Well, yeah, that's it's. You know, some people come up with stuff that's you can't even wrap your head around it. You know, you you get a headache when you start thinking about it. But um, it's just like the disclosure thing. You know, everybody thinks that uh, oh, they're going to disclose this, and they're not going to disclose anything. They disclose that stuff back in Project Blue Book. I mean, there's 1,354 reports in that book, in that report that they can't explain. They have no idea what it was or what it was going to be or what happened. Uh, so, and trust me, if they wanted to wipe them all out, those 1,354 wouldn't be there. But. Uh, and then you have these new groups that are popping up now that, you know, they have all these connections to the government and, uh, uh, you know, they got all the answers, but I don't know. They haven't showed me anything yet. Nothing that we didn't already know anyway. You know, have military aircraft gone gone, gone uh, after these things in the sky? Sure they have. Have for many, 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 many years. Uh, the uh, the um, UFO that was chased by the F one hundred Saber jet over in Japan back in nineteen in the fifties. Um, I mean, he chased it clean across the sea of Japan. He fired at it twice, and then it just left him sitting in the dust. I met that pilot. No way. Yeah, lives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Do you I said, think... so it really happened. He's... I said, so it really happened. He said, yes, sir, it did. My goodness. Yeah. Do you think when you meet someone like that who has had that type of encounter, especially in the military, do you think that 
that uh, how, or let me rephrase it how does that affect anybody who wears a badge or a uniform like a pilot or a police officer when that call comes in or when that situation happens how does it make them feel like like you're a former cop and right. if 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 that happened on your watch where you got a call about something strange you go out there and you have this incredible experience how would how would that affect somebody in a professional position such as a police officer or a firefighter or a a fighter pilot or somebody along those lines well fighter pilot would probably be you know told to do this or do that where a police officer would see what he saw, but he'd never tell anybody about it because, you know, uh, his promotion that he was looking for just went out the window because they think he's crazy. But um, there have been multiple sightings uh, by police officers. Uh, I, I talked to one state trooper that was at a, a very bad accident uh, a number of years ago, and uh, there were multiple fatalities, a lot of cars involved, had a bad, really bad, big, large, four-lane highway intersection. So there was a lot of first responders there, fire trucks, ambulances, coroner, uh, state troopers. And uh, the trooper relayed to me, he said, that we all we saw, and he said, I wasn't the only one, he said, we all saw it. He said, we just saw this bright light coming toward us. We thought it was one of our helicopters coming to light up the scene. He said, it was that bright. He said, you know, like, you know what a sun, sunlight is? I said, yeah, I know what they are. And he said, that's what it looked like. And he said, just hovered over us. And he said, everything stopped. He said, we could look around, look at each other. Nobody was moving. Uh, smoke that was coming off one of the cars uh, was there, but there was nothing there. There was a, a hose being played on it with water, but water looked like it was just frozen in time. And he said, to the best of our knowledge, he said that scenario of just frozen time was about maybe three to four minutes. And then just as quick as that light came, it's as quick as it left. It just went out like somebody just turned the switch and everything was back to normal and we were doing what we were doing. And they got back to the barracks. And, of course, you know, people had certain recollections of seeing something and not seeing this or seeing that. Sergeant on duty just said, you just didn't see anything. Just forget it. Shut up. Just blow it away. I went, okay. And he said, that's what happened. We just never talked about it. We've only got about a minute and a half left with you tonight, Butch. And I want to say thank you so much once again for coming on. And we got you one more time before the end of 2019. And we turned the page on a new year and a new decade and you'll definitely be back with us. What's your plans now for the end of the year, my friend? End of the year, uh, I got a couple places I need to get to. I want to go back to the farm in Lancaster to see if the entities at the barn are still there. Um, I want to check a, uh, uh, a strange light that we viewed a number of times now, but we can't find it. Uh, see if that's still there. Um, uh, we got a cave expedition scheduled for the end of uh, our research area up near Clearfield County, Pennsylvania. 
So uh, those are the, those are the things that are scheduled right now. But you know, if anything happens, we you know we can roll right away. Very cool, Butch. Thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Always a pleasure to have you, my friend. Always a pleasure to be here. We'll talk to you on December thirtieth. December thirtieth. Wow! My friend. I know already. Ain't already. that something? Yeah, you can't skip okay, my man. that one. All right, Butch Wachowski, everybody. UF4Cop.com is his website. Strange Days happens the final Monday of every month. Coming up next, we have the SOR Newswire and the Thought of the Day. Stay tuned. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Hey, Spaced Out Radio fans, it's John Rezig, founder of the Chive and Chive Charities. Our goal is to make the life of veterans, first responders, and those with rare medical conditions 10% happier. We do this by donating one grant item, ranging from dance to therapy programs to prosthetic limbs, to those who need it most. To contribute to Spaced Out Radio's official charity, head over to chivecharities.org and become a donor today. We're adding to the entertainment online for Spaced Out Radio. I'm Amber Beckard, and I want to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out Cryptid Tales, where I will take you on a journey into some of the strangest legends and lore from around the world, relaying the stories to you of the strange creatures and experiences that people have had throughout time. You can find Cryptid Tales at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. And while you're there, don't forget to check out our free archives and leave a comment. See you there. You wanted new SOR gear, and now you can have it. The SOR Vault is fully stocked with t-shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and everything in between with great logos for you to choose from. So head on over to spacedoutradio.com, click on the SOR Vault, and go shopping. Pricing is quite affordable, and you can look good representing your favorite show. So go to our website and pick up your new SOR wear at the SOR Vault today. We all know on Spaced Out Radio we love a good beard and mustache, so why not take care of your facial hair with Mighty Moose Beard Oil? Made in Canada, we're taking care of beards and stashes around the world. We use 100% natural ingredients with our oils and balms to make your whiskers feel silky smooth. Use promo code SOR2019 at MightyMooseBeard.com today. Every night on Space Out Radio, we have places for you to hang out. Hi, this is Carl. Join our SOR Space Travelers group on Facebook for live chat. On Twitter, using hashtag Spaced Out Radio, you can also join us in our Spreaker chat room. Check us out on Instagram at Dave Scott SOR. All of our archives are free on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio. By the way, I'll be watching you at your window until you do. Bye!
Heading to Vancouver and looking for a night on the town? The Moose Vancouver is the bar that never stops rocking until 2 a.m. every night. The Moose has great food with everything on the menu from $6.95 to $8.95. Fantastic, vibrant staff and rock and roll that will bring you back to when the music was real, the hair was long, and the guitars were rocking. Get your party on at the Moose Vancouver, the official party bar of Spaced Out Radio. A little bit of science, a little bit of skepticism. Add a dash of snark and you have the makings of Spaced Out Sundays with me, Everything. Together we will look into the reality of the paranormal with an open eye and rational thought. Oh, did I mention there'll be plenty of woo as well? Your time spent with Spaced Out Sundays will make the night even better. The chat rooms are open, 9.06 p.m. Pacific, 12.06 a.m. Eastern, right here at spacedoutradio.com. Move over, brother, and let me own Saturday night. This is Rich Giordano, and I'm inviting you to tune on in to Spaced Out Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 a.m. Eastern, where I'm going to bust open the lids on everything paranormal. Why? Because we want answers, and I'm the guy who's going to deliver those answers to you. Join the chat rooms, and we'll see you this Saturday. Just be there. No, really. Hello, this is your guitar man, Ron Bumblefoot Thaw, and I have to tell you, I love the response I get for Little Brother is Watching from Spaced Out Radio fans. It's amazing how music can inspire and make people think deeper about what's going on in the supernatural world. You can head over to my website, bumblefoot.com, to check out my music, my guitar workshops, my touring, even check out some of the hot sauces that I'm working on. And make sure you keep on listening, because with Spaced Out Radio, you know Little Brother is Watching. Hey everybody, the SOR Space Travelers is open. For just 5 bucks a month, you can hang out with Dave and our crew privately in our members-only section. With your signing, you'll receive newsletters on what's going on with Spaced Out Radio. You'll have direct contact with the host during the show in our chat, live streaming videos, and a great forum for your posts and more. Become a space traveler now at spacedoutradio.com. At SpacedOutRadio.com, we have a little bit of everything for you to stay up late. So while you're there, check out our SOR Newswire, where our team brings you stories of the weird and strange to the WTF from around the globe. News on Bigfoot, UFOs, paranormal, Darwinian-type crime tales. It's the stories that the mainstream media usually won't touch. Well, we got them all on the SOR Newswire, only at SpacedOutRadio.com. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Rounded third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott. 
Thank you so much for tuning us in. Reminder, if you've missed most of this show or others, you can always head on over to our YouTube channel. It's free at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, do a little shopping at the SOR vault. You can pick up a new book at We Read the Night. Join the Space Travelers Club for five bucks a month. And of course, read up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire, which is updated daily. Speaking of the news. The news is always changing, which is why we bring you the SOR Newswire at the back end of every show, where we get to the weird, the strange, and the sometimes oddball, much like this one. So, apparently, aliens smell like farts. Yeah, the writer in Popular Mechanics, Eric Spitznagel, says his eight-year-old is a burgeoning, burgeoning amateur scientist, so keeps up with the latest science a little bit more closely than Dad does. And recently, he's been thinking about aliens. So, yeah, along with the compounds we already know, like nitrogen, hydrogen, and carbon dioxide, Mars has the same chemical composition of flatulence, which led his son to one inescapable conclusion. If aliens exist, they probably smell like farts. Isn't that nice? I don't know enough about farts, Mars, or aliens, the author goes on to say, to refute him. So he reached out to Claire Souza Silva, molecular astrophysicist at MIT, and she says your son is absolutely correct in his inference. Yeah. Think aliens smell like farts? I don't know. I really don't know. I'll tell you, though. I would not mess with this 82-year-old bodybuilder. Yeah. So, here it goes. An 82-year-old female bodybuilder fought back against a man who broke into her home Thursday night as she was getting ready for bed using her daily workout regimen and various household items to overwhelm her intruder. Willie Murphy, who attends the Maplewood YMCA in Rochester, New York, on a daily basis, was getting ready for bed about 11 o'clock when a man started banging on the door asking for an ambulance while declaring, I'm sick, I'm sick. Murphy called the police and wouldn't let him inside when, she says, it angered the gentleman. She then said, I heard a loud noise. I'm thinking, what the heck was that? The young man is in my home. He broke the door. The award-winning bodybuilder told the media that she hid under the cover of night, picking up the nearest object as the thief crept through her home. I picked up the table. I then went to work on him, she says. Yeah, Murphy, by the way, at 82, could deadlift 225 pounds. The table broke. And when he was down, she added, I started jumping on him. After the table drop, Murphy grabbed a nearby bottle of shampoo and went to town because, you know, shampoo is dangerous. I grabbed the shampoo, she says. Guess what? He's still on the ground, in his face, all of it, the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. What about the conditioner? Willie, what about the conditioner? 
She then grabbed a nearby broom and swept the floor with the unknown suspect. She goes, I got the broom. He's pulling the broom. I'm hitting him with the broom. When officers arrived, Murphy said the first responders wanted to take selfies with her, and she even received a hero's welcome when returning to her local YMCA. He picked the wrong house to break into, she concluded. Speaking of thieves, thieves have stolen around 100 pieces of royal jewelry from a world-renowned museum in Dresden, Germany, causing the unimaginable loss. Two suspects caught on surveillance video were filmed entering the Grun's Jewelby Museum. I know I probably butchered that, and I apologize. It's called the Green Vault in English. After bending back a metal grill and breaking the glass, after targeting the jewelry in a display case, they fled the museum by car, museum officials said during a press conference. We are shocked by the brutality of the burglary. Marion Ackerman, the director of the State Art Collections, the museum said the items were priceless. The collection, located in a former royal palace, was founded in the 18th century by August the Strong, elector of Saxony, and later king of Poland, to show off objects from the treasury. Police first learned of the heist in one of Europe's largest and most important collections of royal treasures at around 5 a.m. Monday morning and sent 16 patrol cars to search for the thieves, according to the museum. They have not ruled out the involvement of other suspects outside of the area. A burned car was found in the area, and police are investigating if there's a connection to the robbery. Investigators are still on site and cannot say yet if all the pieces were stolen or if some were left behind. They are also investigating a nearby fire that led to a power outage to see if that's a connection as well. 17 objects from the museum are currently on loan to New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art, including one of its best-known pieces, a hat ornament featuring the 41-carat Dresden Green Diamond. Oh, that's brazen. Brazen! An animal shelter in Canada is looking for the owner of a hero dog who was found protecting orphan kittens last weekend. Pet and Wildlife Rescue in Chatham, Ontario, shared a sweet photo of a stray dog and the five kittens she kept warm by cuddling up next to them in the snow. Quote, Our stray sweetheart is keeping her babies safe at the shelter tonight, the shelter captioned. The stray canine was found on a cold night in Ontario last weekend, wrapped around the orphan kittens to keep them sheltered from the freezing temperatures. A passerby saw the animals and brought the dog and the five kittens into the shelter. It's truly heartwarming, a shelter spokesperson said, explaining that the dog may have saved the kittens' lives. It has been very cold these days, so the kittens would have had a hard time surviving. Once at the shelter, the sweet bond between the kittens and the dog stayed intact. As the baby felines receive treatment for flea and worm infestations, their protector makes regular visits to check in. Pet and Wildlife Rescue is attempting to find the owners of the dog and the kittens and trying to figure out whether they came from the same owner. The shelter will eventually put them up for adoption if no one comes forward. Of course, you know, everybody would want one of these. I'm a big fan of this. Big fan of that story. Speaking of dogs, a British couple is offering nearly 40 grand a year for a full-time dog sitter to take care of their two golden retrievers. The job posting on Silver Swan Search seeks a full-time live-in caretaker 
for Golden Retrievers Milo and Oscar at the London home of the canine's owner. The owners wrote that they are both business executives who often traveled internationally for business. The posting said the dog caretaker would also be called upon to perform some housekeeping duties, such as cleaning, occasional laundry, and light cooking. The position, which requires work Monday through Friday and some weekends, pays about forty-one grand a year plus room and board. That actually sounds kind of cool. I might do that. Here's a classy story, very classy story. And this professor in Texas at a Texas college needs to be commended. Yeah, she is being applauded online and well-deserved after holding a student's baby while teaching so the pupil could review for an exam. Haley Yates tweeted a photo showing Barbie Hicks, a professor at San Jacinto College, holding baby Ayala who Yates ended up having to bring to class. After getting off of a 10-hour shift and picking her up, I had to go straight to class 45 minutes late because class starts exactly the time I get off. My professor took her from my hands and taught the class so I would be able to review before our test. I am forever grateful, Yates wrote in a tweet which went viral. It's really nice of her to grab the baby and help me out just a little bit, Yates said. She just stepped up when someone needed help. Hicks's daughter said her mother, who also teaches match at Angleton, I'm going to assume that's math, at Angleton High School, understands the struggles of balancing education, work, and child care. She knows what it's like not to have a babysitter in a time of need, Hicks's daughter said. I don't know how she did it, but she managed to make her dreams come true, and now she is trying to make other people's dreams come true as well. Good for you, Professor. Good for you. All right. You may not know the name of Chris Matthews, but you may now. You see... Yesterday was the Grey Cup game. That's like the Super Bowl north of the border, Canadian Football League. Chris Matthews is a diehard Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan, and in 2001, he made a bet with his buddies that he wouldn't wear pants until the Bombers won the Grey Cup again. Well, guess what? It was 18 years, but he finally was able to wear pants again. Before the game, he stated, I'm going to a friend's place to a Grey Cup party. It's an annual event at his place with them over my shoulder. Pants, that is. For 18 years, Matthew had to keep a pledge he made not to wear pants until the Bombers won the Grey Cup. Someone asked me how long I'll be wearing the shorts, and I said until the Bombers win the Grey Cup. They were supposed to beat Calgary that Sunday, so I've been in shorts ever since. While Matthew had made an exception for funerals, he won't even put pants on in the wintertime. At first I thought, what kind of an idiot does this? I am, he says. I just... Going to the freeze, everything off. I quite like shorts, he says. I get all kinds of funny looks, and they'll say, why don't you feel the cold? And then there's someone that looks optimistic, but it's usually just a double take. They'll just look and stare and look past. His wife, Darla, shakes her head at her husband. There are times I attempted to say, oh, no, I don't even know him, but that's my husband, she said. There have been times when we've been out, and it's really cold, and I'm wearing my fur coat, and you get the stares. He even caught the attention of head coach Mike O'Shea. He's all in you now. 
even everyone's got their own little things they got to do. He wouldn't be the only one that would have had their superstitions there, maybe, or their dedication, you know. But Matthew didn't expect the dedication to last this long, with the team last winning a Grey Cup in November 1990. I figure, well, they lost this year. Next year, they'll basically bring the same team back. They're the best team in the league. I never thought it was going to be 18 years. Well, finally, he gets to put pants on again. Final story of the night. Oh, Florida man. Florida man, you never, ever disappoint us. A 20-year-old Florida man who was arrested last Friday after attempting to race a police officer on a highway told authorities that he was just trying to go fast. Connor Michael Prolieka of Tampa was detained by a Clearwater police officer shortly after 2 a.m., on November 22nd, and he's now facing a charge of racing on the highways. The suspect violated his probation. Of course he did. He's Florida man. Linked to charges in Hillsborough County, Proleka told authorities he had not been aware the other driver was a police officer, according to an arrest affidavit published by the Pinellas County Clerk. The incident took place on Courtney Campbell Causeway, which is a nine and a half mile stretch of road that runs between Tampa and Clearwater. Police did not say if the Clearwater officer had been driving a patrol car or an unmarked vehicle. Details of the suspect's car were also unreleased. The arrest report said Prolika was observed driving eastbound on the Courtney Campbell Causeway trying to bait this officer to race him. The defendant then revved his engine and took off, reaching speeds of 124 miles per hour with wanton disregard for other motorists. This officer made contact with Perlika and was advised by the defendant that he was just trying to go fast and didn't know that I was a cop. The arrest was verified by a charge sheet punished by or published by the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, which confirmed that the suspect had been accused of violating probation of two earlier felony charges, grand theft, and possession of a controlled substance. New bond set, a whopping 250 bucks. Well, Florida man, you didn't get away this time, did you? No, you didn't. <laughs> Thought of the Dave happens every night at this time, where we ask a question on our Facebook and Twitter pages, then read your responses on the air because, well, we kind of love the audience participation around here. Today's Thought of the Dave is as follows. I love this song. Cuterebra by Bumblefoot. That's the song for the thought of the day, by the way. You can find it on Spotify. Find our shows on Spotify as well, just to let you know. Just in case you want to play along at home or something along those lines. All right, today's thought of the day is as follows. What are we missing in proving the existence of creatures like Dogman and Bigfoot? What do you think? What are you thinking? I want to know. Definitely want to know. All right. Let's get to it, shall we? Here we go. Michelle, besides the holy grail of a body, we really need good footage that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt. Poor quality, shaky video just isn't going to cut it anymore. Daryl, Dave, we're not missing anything. 
They are only what? They are only to be in our third eye. In our third eye. How do you figure? I sure as hell didn't see them in my third eye when I was looking at two of them. I don't get it sometimes. Don't get it. All right. Let's move on. Just breathe. Just breathe a little bit. Gail. Unfortunately, eyewitness testimony does not seem to be enough. I believe it will take a body to prove that they are real. Robin. Getting footage always is great when you need to genuine hair samples and stop looking for poop. It always seems to come up to a dead end. Poop always ends in a dead end. Literally. If you want to find tracks of Bigfoot or Dogman, they need to be found as fresh as soon as possible. We need bodies found. Andrew. Excellent question, Dave. Maybe you should have a discussion with Ronald Moorhead about this. We already have. Reverend Keith, real simple, a body, living or dead. Brian Bowden, we need to have a physical specimen of both creatures in the hands of trustworthy sources outside of governmental and military influence. Once this is obtained, we can then verify elements and characteristics of said creature through scientific testing and data. Until this happens, what we need to do is stop thinking, basing everything on information that is inside the box. This type of thought is limited and limiting any advancements because you have automatically eliminated the pool from which the hypothesis is from and ultimately a conclusion can come from tony trusted evidence dave there is none even the big food dna project was or the bigfoot dna project was debunked got food on my mind right now jim we need a body jade she's all about the bodies where are the bodies we need bodies damn it she says Buddy, we need a body. Scott, guess what? We need a body. Robert, descriptions of details about the creatures that only a privileged few know exist. Nuance is everything. Catherine? Hmm. Well, any real evidence, to be honest. And no, casts of prints are worthless. From faked to misidentified, these prints are... Too easy to be dismissed. Francesca, a timeline, mapping, latest sightings report, and evidence. More UFO been proven yet. Cannot be captured. Good evidence of something that is supposedly walks on Earth. Yeah, right. Lexi, evidence. There's not really a good scrap of it. Really, I thought there was some good scraps of that. I really did. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably am. Probably am. All right. Let's go into Twitter here. God of Thunder. Maybe our thinking needs to change. Samples taken are expected to be some new species. When hair samples come back human, it's written off, and Bigfoot is declared a fantasy. Just maybe, in Bigfoot's case, it is a form of human. It may have developed separate from us. Joey, eyewitness accounts? No. Photos and video? No. Nothing less than a physical body or body part will ever be convincing enough. However, I don't care how dangerous it might or might not be, capturing or killing such a creature just to prove its existence just doesn't seem right. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's strong. 
That's probably a good place to end it. Probably a good place to end it. Thanks, Joe. Strong comment right there. Strong. That's bandana strong right there. All right. Thank you so much to everybody participating in the thought of the Dave today. We're going to do it all again tomorrow. We definitely will. Love your responses on there as well on Twitter and on Facebook. Also, big thanks to Captain Shirk for putting a great news lineup together. Really appreciate that, Captain. Thank you so much. And, of course, Butch Witkowski from UF4Comp.com who comes in here the final Monday of every month for Strange Days. Butch's website, UF4Comp.com. We got Mr. Ron Bubblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bubblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, in our chat rooms on LGAB, Spreaker, Revolution Radio, the SOR Space Travelers Club on our website. That was jam-packed tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And on Twitter, at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. And can't forget our friends on Facebook. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for sharing your Monday with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Have a great night, everybody. Nicole Strickland, Tuesday night. Going to talk some ghosts. And we're going to talk about some breaking Canadian news in the UFO front with Drex from the shift with Drex right across Canada. See you later. Good night. Honey, it's our favorite time of year, and I got you something to celebrate. (gasps) A McRib? It's just what I wanted. Happy McRib season, sweetie. Mm, I love you. I love you, too. Mm. Actually, I was talking to my McRib. Oh, okay, well, uh, I'll leave you two alone. Right now, enjoy a McRib meal and get another tasty McRib sandwich for just a dollar. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Time to order dinner. I should see what the kids want, too. Ordering Whataburger online. What you want? Double meat with cheese. Cool. With grilled jalapenos. Okay, and lots of add-ons from everyone. Oh, my goodness. Good thing you can order online. And save favorites for next time. Good thing there's Whataburger.